This is Christy. And I'm Jenna, and this is Badass Moms. Badass. If your kid ain't mud, and you don't know what to do, and your neighbors judge, and your in-law shitty too, pour tequila in your coffee. Don't go run and ask your mommy. And together we'll break it down to find a clue. Ask the badass moms like a badass mom would do. We're here for you. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Badass Moms podcast. As always, I'm one half of the Badass Moms, Jenna Levine Lou. And with me, as always, is my beautiful co-host, Christy Mirabello. Christy, how hey, the fuck are you. you? Fucking great, man. How are you? Yeah, you oh, doing good? co-host. Oh, living the dream. What can I say? Living I love it. I love the it. dream. All right. So we also have another special guest as part of our unique relationship series. Yes. And with us today is Miss Jessica. Hi, Miss Jessica. Hello, ladies. Hello. So Jessica is a bisexual woman in a same-sex marriage, and she is also in a happily sexless marriage on top of that. So she's got a little little bit of column A, a little bit of column B going on. So we're going to let Jessica tell you a little bit about her story. So Jessica, start from the beginning. Baby Jessica. <laughs> you, don't have to, you don't have to start there. Uh, we would sort of, I would personally like to know, um, how you sort of came to this you know, portion in your life. When did you realize you were bisexual? How did you come to you know, deciding to marry a woman specifically? And how did you get to the point where you're happy, but not necessarily in a super sexual relationship? Yeah, um, absolutely. So my wife and I met in high school. I was a couple months from my 16th birthday. Um, and I had only dated boys prior to meeting her and had no idea I was into girls until I met her. And uh, <laughs> we dated and we had a very healthy teenage sex life. Very, very healthy. <laughs> I used to joke that if she was a boy, I would have had many babies and had to drop out of high school. <laughs> and, <laughs> And then I can't get pregnant um, from fingers. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't for sure. <laughs> um, and then I think that I realized I was by after we started dating. It was, you know, I'm 16. I'm still trying to figure out who I am. I, I don't think I even came to that conclusion until probably around the time I was 18. Uh, and we had been dating for a while. So I wasn't even like accepting that. So it was, it was very interesting. Um, but we took a break and she went to college and I was still in high school and we dated other people, but still kept in contact. And, uh, I dated guys. I didn't date any other women and she only dated women. Mm -hmm. And then we had never really stopped talking to each other. Right. <laughs> so we, after about a year and a half break, got back together and moved in together. And uh, 
we had lots of fun in our 20s sex and we experimented and we tried lots of different things and found stuff we liked and stuff we didn't like and we talked about it all which was awesome because if something worked we were able to say yes that works keep doing it communication is key <laughs> yeah so i don't um, want to stereotype right because you know everybody's different and i'm sure that there's you know lesbian couples out there there that communication is an issue but as a general statement is communication easier with a female partner than it is with a male partner uh, yeah, definitely. But I also think it has to do with how you feel about the person, right? So if it's just like a casual hookup, I might be more inclined to keep my mouth shut and just go with flow. But when it's someone that you really have an intimate connection with, I find it's a lot easier to say the things that you like and don't like because you don't feel quite so vulnerable. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so we had a lot of fun. We, I went to a lot of like adult sex parties, got introduced to like different, all different kinds of things you could do or not do. And, you know, I think that we spent most of our twenties really like understanding each other's bodies and knowing what worked and what didn't. And it got to the point where the sex we were having was always amazing. It was never anything but applause at the end and gratitude. So, applause and gratitude. So when you went <laughs> when you went to these sex parties, was it you guys still just you as a as a couple unit or did you like involve other people? Um well I guess what I meant by sex parties was more of people selling products. Like, oh, so I started okay. like going I to went. the oh no no yeah, that might have been. Yeah, fun. I filled in the blank. Oh, <laughs> oh I did. I went right party. to fetish parties. Okay, cool. Well, you would, I'm, Jenna. You would. I've, I've been, I've been to would. those, so that's where I thought, cool. So I'm. That's me. I'm You're like right talking pro, pro, pure romance parties. I'm over here yeah, like. That's going what to <laughs> okay. Cool. Continue. <laughs> So, so yeah, I mean, like we found like, uh, you know, toys that worked for us, products that worked for us, porn that worked for us, which is really hard because a lot of lesbian porn is really straight women and you can't really relate to some of the things like, oh, lesbians wouldn't really do that, <laughs> but they would do that, but not quite like that. So, so that was interesting. They don't have the inside <laughs> scoop. I'm sure there are, I'm sure there are lesbian plumbers and pizza delivery drivers. I don't know. Like I want to see two hot chicks. I don't want to see, I don't know when, when you're, you know, when you're watching stuff like that, sometimes your preference might be different. So yeah, <laughs> I understand. So yeah, so we had a lot of fun. And then, um, like I said, it's always phenomenal. And then our time between when we were having sex just kind of started getting bigger and bigger. It went from like a couple times a week to once every few weeks to like uh, maybe three nights in a row and then nothing for six months. <laughs> so uh, that's just kind of how it's been. And I would say since having a child five years ago, it's the spans of time definitely become wider between <laughs> when it happens, right? But yeah. I, I think that it's always on point and it's always satisfying. So it doesn't 
like seem to matter as much anymore that there's so much time in between because the job's getting done and it's like enough to sustain you until the next time. And I'm not going to lie. Like we can all take care of ourselves in between as well. And I'm a big advocate of that personally. You know, I think it's great that you're you a can, big advocate. Right. I always tell my friends like just <laughs> masturbate. Like what's wrong? T-shirts. Like take control of yourself. <laughs> Satisfy yourself. Come on. Do it, girl. <laughs> it's important, right? I hear but you, I don't, dude. But I don't have to, like, like, I don't know, like, make up things in my head and, like, think about random people or, like, think about stars or, like, certain situations. Like, I can just think about my wife because... You love her. Enough. Yeah, like, that's good enough for me. So... <laughs> I won't even tell you the stuff I think about. It's pretty... It's, it's, it takes some pretty sick shit to get me off these days. So um, as you, as good communicators then have, I mean, I imagine you've talked about the space in between and uh, do you check in if that was my, you that guys was are, my question from yeah, the last person. Yeah. Like, do you have check-ins of, Hey, how are you feeling about us not having it the last, whatever, two months or however long it is? Like, how do you go about, you know, making sure that you're both kind of on the same page with it? Yeah, no, uh, that's probably all me. I think I have more of a sex drive out of the two of us. So, you know, when I'm feeling in the mood, I'll be like, hey, it's, hey, been, girl, like hey. Two, hey, it's been like two months. I'm just bringing it to your attention. So if anytime in the near future you are feeling in the mood, I'm, I'm like, I'm all there. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> so then we just kind of like joke about it at this point. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I know she's thinking about what I'm saying and it might take a couple of weeks, but it's worth it when it happens. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Awesome. So also real quick, can you tell us, cause I know this story and I think it's really interesting your, um, how your child came to be in this world. Oh, my babe. So, um, my wife and I tried to get pregnant conventional ways. And we went to fertility clinics and we purchased donor sperm and cut costs and would go like pick it up and put it the cryo tank in the backseat of my car and I would strap it in and we'd take it to the clinic and, you know, stuff just wasn't happening for us. And we tried for about six years and then, um, after deciding that we need to take a break financially and maybe think about adoption, which was super scary, um, a friend of a friend reached out to me and asked if he could come over and talk to us. And he's actually the childhood friend, uh, best friend of a couple that we're best friends with. So okay, they're super close, but we don't really know each other. And um, he said, you know, I have two brothers that are gay and I have a daughter by my first uh, wife who doesn't deserve to be a mom. Like she doesn't, she takes it for granted. And I raised that child and, you know, there's just so many people in the world that, you know, want to be parents, but don't get to be. And I think you guys are amazing and I want to help you with that. And we uh, drew up a contract and did all the legal stuff we needed to do. And he donated his fresh live sperm to the cause so that uh, 
we could bring our magnificent little boy into the world. <laughs> and yes, we did do it at home. Yeah. That is the unconventional way. <laughs> so we tried to do everything the right way and it wasn't working. And we spent all of our life savings essentially. And uh, he lived down the street from us and we, he would just come knock on the door and drop off a specimen sample and we would do what needed to be done with it. And the first time we tried, actually, I got pregnant. Wow. And then I had a miscarriage about eight weeks later. And then we tried again, I would say it was about six months after that for the first time. And I got pregnant again. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) How involved is he then in your child's life? Um, not really much at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, our contract says that I'm not allowed to tell my son who he is, Mm -hmm. uh, without us making an amendment to the contract and that he can't do the same thing, but he, he he's proud of what he's done and he's definitely like told some mutual friends and they approached me and I was like, okay, well, as long as I'm not the one saying something, cause ultimately <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble, but if he's proud of what he's done, like, I don't care that people know that he was a part of it. So right. does your son like look like him at all? Or does he look more like you? Um, well, I mean, my son looks a lot like me for sure, but, uh, when he offered to help us, he decided to try to get his wife pregnant to make sure that everything was in order. So he actually has a son that is, uh, nine months older than my son and they look very much related. So... Okay, my I have another question. So, being married to a woman but being bisexual, do you ever miss having a male partner, or you're just you love your wife like unconditionally? You don't think about it; it's never there. I know it's going to sound super lame, but definitely be. Oh, <laughs> that's that's sound really it sounds <laughs> love, man. <laughs> yeah, that's really sweet. I like love that. I think. I think she's my soulmate. I know it sounds super corny, but I really feel like there's a connection that's, I don't know, weird and deeper and that that's why we're together. I love it. That's so the, interest, <laughs> the interesting thing is the person we spoke to who is also in a sexless um, marriage said something very, very similar about her and her, her partner. Um, they're like best friends. They get along, they know each other very well. They enjoy watching movies and hanging out and being playful. Um, it's just that both of them don't really have super high of a sex drive at this point, and they're content with, you know, having sex once every couple of years or whatever, whatever it is. So I think that does, for people who are happy in a sexless relationship, I think a lot of that has to do with the relationship with the partner. Mm-hmm. Or there's something I, maybe yeah, a little bit I think deeper or more. Yeah, I think it says something about that relationship too, you know, that it's that deep and that connected um, that you can, you know, still be happy without without that or with, with it less, I know in your situations, not completely without, but you know, with less frequent frequency. Oh yeah, no, definitely. I think that there's, there's other things that can, you know, be inspirational, you know, in life, right. Sex is great, 
but there's lots of other things, right? I, I love it when I make my wife laugh so hard, she like falls off the couch and then she <laughs> yeah. high fives me because she's proud of me. Like that's almost, that's, you know, like that's I love that. Well. Is good. That is the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that's is. really beautiful. <laughs> and so how long have you guys been together for now? So 20, we're on 24 years. Yeah. Since you were little babies. Yeah. Babies. We've, wow. we've been together longer than we haven't been together. Yeah. That's crazy. That's so cool. <laughs> that's so sweet. And you're still, and you still have that spark. And you know, people talk about that spark sometimes in like a sexual way, but it's, I, it's not like to me, that doesn't have to be it. It's, I see the spark. Oh, great. Speaking of corny, here I come. I see the spark in your eyes when you talk about it, but really, you know, <laughs> you, you still have that and that's really fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, uh, you know, I wake up every morning and I am thankful for things. I've have a lot of things over my life to not be thankful for. Right. But mm -hmm. that is definitely the top of my list, her yeah. and like what she's given to me. So I love it. For sure. Aw, <laughs> that's so, I hope she heard you say that. Oh, she knows. She knows. Good. I'm, I'm sure <laughs> she appreciates you and that love too, you know. 100%. So in terms of your son, and this is, again, I'm just uh, curious about this. So has he at this stage, like, you know, asked about, like, the two mommies thing, like, why do I have two and how does this like work? Or is it just ingrained in him? He knows what his life is and he doesn't have questions. Um, I think that he's got a little bit of like an emotional and developmental delay for his age. And I think that if he didn't, he probably would have started asking and saying things because he's a super smart boy, but emotionally he's not all where he needs to be. So I think that maybe in another year or two, when he gets to where he's, you know, in school and he sees other kids with parents that are males and females and mostly, right. That's mostly what he's going to see. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or when he then, learns like how babies are made, he's going to be right. like, how did I get made? Yeah, I th I think that when he's when he sees all his little friends, you know, and all their parents, and then he's like, oh wait a minute, how come I have two moms? Then he'll start asking questions. But I always tell him he's lucky. Not everyone gets to have two moms. Absolutely. And so moms are badass. Hopefully that'll work. But at the end of the day, you know what kids say at school is probably going to be more impressionable on him. So. I don't look forward to that day, but I know it'll come. A hundred percent for sure. Get through it. it. And, you know, he, luckily we live in an area where the, it is prevalent and he will have support and, you know, um, but yeah, of course that first question is never fun. Right. No, so it's not like it was when me and my wife started dating. It's, it's surreal to me sometimes, you know, the way that people don't care anymore and are so open and just walk out in public with whoever. And it's a it just, huge difference. It makes me feel so old. Like, <laughs> it wasn't like that when we were kids. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it's exponential how much it's still, there's a long way to go, but it's gotten so much better. For yeah. sure. And that's and really I'm, good to I'm see. really I had someone very close in my family and in the nineties dealt with that, that, you know, there was this hidden, it was a very hidden relationship. And now 
the freedom I see that is able to be had is just, it's, I can't imagine that feeling. So I'm sure it feels really nice for you guys to be able to hold hands in public and everything and it not to be, you know, I mean, you're always going to have, like we've said in other episodes, a bad apple that might be judgmental or whatever, but in general, it's a pretty good area to be, to be in. Yeah, yeah for sure. Awesome. All right. Jessica, you want to stick around for our moms in the news? It's a good one. It's quick. All right, you got me. It's <laughs> we sold that one. Yeah, Christy. Yes. Oh, <clears throat> I think I had a hairball. Hold on. Mom's in the new. Whoop, 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 whoop. I turned into a cop car. <laughs> All right. So this is from December fourteenth. So the Supreme Court hands down a victory for lesbian moms. So Indiana tried to make it harder for lesbian couples to be recognized as parents, and the Supreme Court said, nah. They said no. So the Supreme Court, has, Supreme Court has denied Indiana's petition to hear a case involving the rights for same-sex spouses to appear on their children's birth certificates, leaving in place an appeals court decision in favor of listing the wife of, of a woman who gives birth uh, on their child's birth certificate. So last month, Indiana Attorney General Curtis Hill asked the Supreme Court to deny same-sex couples the right of presumed parenthood that opposite-sex couples enjoy. When a child is born to a married opposite-sex couple, the mother's husband is presumed to be the father and is listed on the birth certificate, even if there's no proof that he is the child's biological father. And even if the couple knows he is not, not because they used a sperm donor. So it's in box, in box versus Henderson, the U.S. Appeals Court for the Seventh Circuit sided with eight married lesbian couples who had children with the help of artificial insemination, saying that the wives of the women who carry the children should be presumed to be their children's parents instead of forcing them to adopt the children later. Isn't that pretty cool? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. As it should be. <laughs> yeah, so they declined to hear the case because it is what it is, and Indiana can go fuck itself. Who's this dude? What's his name? <laughs> Fuck this guy. Jenna's gonna go find him. Curtis Hill? He looks gangster, doesn't she, Jessica? <laughs> Curtis Hill can go suck a dick. That's him. He's the Indiana Attorney General. You don't have anything else going on in Indiana? Maybe not. No, they don't. Yeah. Anyways, the Supreme Court, who's largely conservative, I guess they were like, eh. A hard pass from us. Good. So, positive news don't live in Indiana if you're a, a homosexual in any way, shape, or form, but it's mm -mm. good that Indiana parents uh, get to have that right because it is indeed a right. Is yeah. Rosemary listed on your son's, or should I say her name? Should I not have done that? No, it's fine. Okay. Is she on your son's birth certificate? Yes, she is. In the state awesome. of Maryland, same sex couples can. Uh, uh, fill out a form to have that. So yeah, it, it definitely says father, but it has her name there. So yeah. they didn't fix that part, but <laughs> uh, I guess baby steps, right? <laughs> yep. Well, we'll get there. They couldn't cross it out and write it in. Yeah, right. Initial it. Like, what is this? <laughs> That's awesome though. So I'm, I'm happy that you guys are happy and that everything has worked out. I'm also very happy that Indiana or not Indiana, I guess the Supreme Court, yeah. Indiana still sucks. Curtis Hill! Curtis Hill! <laughs> yeah, we're going to have him on the show next. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> we're, we're all time. All right, guys. 
Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Jessica. Thank you to everybody who listened to our series. We have really enjoyed this. If you guys have a topic that you would like Christy and I to cover or to find somebody to come talk about that we can ask inappropriate questions to, please email us at badaskmoms at gmail.com. If you have any follow-up questions for the people that we have spoken with, you can also email badaskmoms at gmail.com and we will do our best to get you guys hooked up for those people who want to be hooked up for questions, I guess. I don't know. I said that weird, but you guys know what I meant. <laughs> we hope you guys have an awesome rest of your week and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Come follow us on Facebook and Instagram at badaskmoms. Email us at badaskmoms at gmail.com. Follow Jenna at Noshing the Suburbs and Christy at Fierce Mama on Instagram and Fierce Mama Coaching on Facebook.